Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Theology on Tap Inspired podcast, Theo on Tape, where we look to have conversations around practicing our faith in the real world. My name is Logan Edwards, and I am a campus minister for SJU Faith. Today, we are joined by two wonderful members of the theology department, as well as members of the school theology's faculty, Dr. Kristen Kohlberg and Dr. Sean Kohlberg, to discuss vocations. Kristen received her bachelor's degree from the University of Notre Dame, her Master of Divinity from Yale University Divinity School, and then returned again to Notre Dame to earn her PhD. Her wonderful husband, Sean, earned his bachelor's degree at St. Olaf College and his Master of Divinity at Yale Divinity School as well, where he then again returned to earn his PhD at the University of Notre Dame. So they now live in St. Joe with their two daughters, Mary Claire and Catherine. And with that being said, thank you both for agreeing to have this conversation with me today. Always nice to be with you, Logan. Yeah, it's really fun. Thanks for asking us. So we'll just start it right off. Can you guys discuss uh, some of your work with the School of Theology and the Theology Department and how you guys found your way to CSBSJU? Well, I think it's important to start by saying that a lot of people in the theology world like to think that theology found them rather than them setting out on that path. So I, I did not intend to study theology. Theology kind of found me in a required theology class in undergrad. And I was just kind of blown away by how theology made sense of the world and helped me answer my own deepest questions. So I left my undergrad and I said, I wanna be a theology professor because I want more young people to know the resources that theology has to offer. So then I kept studying that and I met Sean and as Sean maybe will tell you, Sean is from central Minnesota. So this was a great way to be at a special place and be close to family. And we've been here nine years and we love it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, well, Kristen has shared most of the important details, but it is interesting now that you say that Kristen, um, you know, I think she'd tell you this too, started at St. Olaf thinking maybe wanting to go to law school and had majors in political science and, um, and English to start. And then I had, back then St. Olaf required three theology courses of all their undergrads. I think they're down to two now. Uh, but I remember, you know, that first semester always, the one that I was thinking about in the, in back in my dorm room or in, at the cafeteria or wherever, was always my my theology class, you know what I mean? And I can remember, so I do kind of think that resonates with me too, Kristen, that, you know, these courses, these subjects, these goals in life, they, they have a way of finding us. Mm -hmm. And then when we're attentive to who we are, they begin to speak to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then of course, real life, like finding jobs, building relationships, all of that comes into it too. So I, I don't think I'd be at St. John's without Kristen. And I wouldn't be here without lots of other women and men who've kind of paved the way for me. For sure. So those are kind of good stories to lay the background on for vocation. So to start us off, can you guys kind of define what is a vocation? Well, this is like a very interesting topic because for many, many years, people thought vocation meant I'm going to join religious life. And really the deepest sense is that everybody has a vocation and it's, you know, the, the traditional definition is, you know, where, where my greatest gifts meet the world's deepest needs. 
And so a vocation is the place that you fit where your talents and what brings you joy and what brings you meaning finds uh, access in the world and people respond to it. So everybody has a vocation. And I think one of the greatest joys and tasks of college is finding out what that vocation is. Yeah, I'd say that's part of what makes St. Ben's and St. John's so special is that these are the kind of places where uncovering and discovering your sense of vocation is really central to what it is to be a Benny and John. So that I think is a really important point, Kristen. I think, you know, there's kind of a double relational value with the word vocation. You know, in the Latin vocal vocare, which is where we get the word from, means to call, right? We get the word vocal, vocalize out of it, right? And at one level, it is important to realize that this is always a call that isn't just from within ourselves, but from a larger world around us, first and foremost in God, and then secondarily in all of those instruments of God's work in the world, uh, our parents, our families, our friends, our institutions, our communities, they have a way of calling forth from us certain gifts, certain talents, you know what I mean? And then to Kristen's point, the other half of that great dynamism in the word vocation is our own response to it, mm -hmm. our free choice to respond. And that involves this deep discernment, you know what I mean? Like, what am I hearing from this community? What does it tell me about me? Yeah, those are awesome answers. You guys kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, how can one find their vocation? What are some steps they can take? Well, maybe you should go first this time. <laughs> I, uh, you know, have spent a good chunk of my life in spiritual direction. Uh, and uh, one of my best uh, spiritual directors I had when we were at Yale, uh, Kristen knew him very well. He just recently passed away. His name was Father Bob Boulogne. Uh, and, you know, I remember sitting in his office. He was the director of campus ministry at Yale for the Catholic students and um, trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with my life. And uh, Father Bob reminded me that um, our vocation is usually sits very close to our deepest sense of happiness, mm -hmm. to our deepest sense of what makes us feel our most full and authentic selves. And so one of the most important ways of finding a vocation, uh, I think, is to come closer in understanding what it is that gives me deep joy. Think of that word beatitude that Christ used in the gospel, that deep, profound sense of blessing. And uh, that starts with little things. What are the little things that give me joy? You know what I mean? Is it movies, friendships? What kind of friendships? What kind of internships? What kind of classes? Where do I find myself, my energy going, right? And as you listen to that, 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 that voice of joy in yourself, it tends to lead you when you really listen to it deeper and deeper into that sense of call. Mm -hmm. Now, wait, you have to tell the famous Father Bob story if you're going to talk about Father Bob. I do like that story. Uh, well, you know, a, a lot of us, I think we think of um, vocation as like a responsibility or something we have to do. I got to find out what it is that God wants me to do. And if you're a good uh, worrier or a good, I have a deep sense of obligation in my life. You know, sometimes I think, well, what is it that God wants me to do, right? And maybe I should do this, right? I ought to do that. Uh, and I remember talking to Father Bob a lot about priesthood and saying, well, you know, I really should serve the church this way. It needs more priests. Or I really, 
I know I'm good at working in parishes, so I really should spend some time working in a, in a diocesan parish. And I'm, Father Bob said, well, just hold on a minute, Sean. Hold on. The key here is that you got to quit shooting on yourself. Uh, and a lot of his point here was that the shoulds that I was listening to weren't necessarily my own, my own voice or God's voice inside of me, but maybe sometimes a voice that's coming that's not God so much, right? Uh, I, I should on my children all the time, right? You know, Mary Claire, you should go down and clean up your room right now. Catherine, you should, you know what I mean? You should join this sport because you'll be really good at it. But, you know, that's me telling them what sport they should join, right? What we want is for Catherine to discover, like, I love running. Therefore, I'm going to be in cross country. You know what I mean? And so giving yourself permission to let go of the shoulds mm -hmm. and focusing much more on what is it that I want, not in a selfish, like, fill me up kind of way, mm -hmm. but what is it that God has made me to want? Mm -hmm. what, is, what is the want or desire God has set deep inside me that brings me joy? And if you can let go of the shoulds, oftentimes that want, that joy opens up in a more profound way. I just would add two small things to that. You know, thinking about my conversations with college students over the years about vocation. You know, one is that I always tell my advisees to, you know, you have to kind of also balance sometimes between follow your bliss mm -hmm. and how am I going to eat in the future? You know, practicality, you know. So vocation isn't all just like, what makes me the happiest and I'm going to go do that. It's, it's a realistic choice about um, how I can be my best self. And that just leads me to my second, like really quick thing that I think is important. Not everybody finds their vocation in their job. Uh -oh, you know, right. like I know a lot of close friends who like their job is something that allows them to do something else that is their bliss, you know, whether they work part-time so they can stay home part-time with their kids or whether traveling is like a huge part of their vocation. And, you know, they've chosen a job that might allow that. So, so I think that a lot of people, myself included, would think that my vocation is really bound up with my job, but I definitely have models in my life of people who have a very strong sense of vocation where their primary place that gets actualized isn't necessarily in their job, at least not every moment of their job. So I think that's important too, is just thinking about everybody can actualize their vocation, but perhaps we all do it in different ways. Yeah, I love, I like all that. Like once you identify that, that like um, desire, that thing that you really feel would bring you fulfillment, what are some steps that someone can take to actively start pursuing that desire or that want? I'll say just really briefly, what I, the best advice I always give is go find somebody who does what you want to do and ask them how they, they got there. You know, I think that, um, you know, asking others is really important. Sometimes I think volunteering your way into a, you know, like you're not qualified to, you know, be a teacher, but could you volunteer at a school for a few hours to figure out what it's really like? So I think sometimes practical experience and, and talking to other people is a great way to figure things out. I think one of the most paralyzing things about a vocation sometimes is you get a glimpse of what it is you want and it's bigger than life, you know what I mean? Uh, Logan wants to be, you know, 
a collegiate all-American wrestler or something along those lines, right? And we see that off in the distance and it is such a big goal that we can almost say, how, how would I ever get there? Like me? How? And I think one of the best stories and a different spiritual advisor once gave me was um, we can, sometimes if we look way down the road, we see something that we can't possibly imagine. But if we take a little step uh, in that direction, that usually tells us more about it, right? And so we take one step and we say, well, I'm going to try out for the wrestling team. You know what I mean? Then we take another one. And we say, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stick with another semester. I'm going to do this summer camp. And suddenly you've taken four or five steps in that direction. And that goal now doesn't seem so far off or so difficult. It actually seems more realizable. And the other thing that happens is you start to make adjustments, right? You say, okay, it isn't wrestling, but it's the love of a team that I love, or, or you know what I mean? Or it's the love of the training that I love. So maybe it's more hockey. I don't, you know what I mean? And so you make these adjustments and suddenly two, three, four years down the road, you look back and you see, man, I have taken a bunch of steps that are leading me closer to this strong sense of call. Uh, and so to give ourselves permission, you know what I mean? To take a little step. No one's going to force you to take a second one. You take a little step, you try it out, you step back if it didn't feel right and you reorganize. Or you take another one and say, I'm going to go a little deeper in this, you know? So you can spend your whole life thinking about being a monk at St. John's, but if you don't do a live-in at some point, you know what I mean? Which you get to go home from 24 hours later, you know what I mean? How are you ever going to know? That's, I think, the real, that, so it's an experiential process mm -hmm. where you let your experience talk back to you. Yeah, I think that speaks very highly of um, a liberal arts education too, kind of giving the opportunity to take a step into every little field and just kind of see what you think of it. Um, and I know college students, a lot of the times, they want to have that confidence that they know what they're doing and what they're doing is the right thing to do. So um, can anyone truly know when they found their vocation or is that more of something that you realize after the fact, after you've maybe found it? Well, there's two things I'd say there quick. One is that, you know, your, vo your vocation is something that gets renewed every day or every week or every month. And it, it does shift a little bit. You know, God doesn't send us a calling on a lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It comes to us through this listening process. And so uh, I wish, for example, I perfectly understood my vocation now that I'm in my mid 40s. You know what I mean? But that continues to refine itself each day as my children hit a certain stage in life, as Chris and I go through something at work, right, as a certain opportunity opens up or doesn't open up at St. John's. So your vocation, I think, is a day-to-day -day renewal and a day-to-day -day process of listening and sort of giving, again, yourself permission not to feel like um, it's like either this exact thing or nothing. You know what I mean? And it is those who kind of get tracked or beamed into one thing or nothing, who often experience the most burnout or the most despair. And oftentimes that's not where God is at in that sense of call. I think that's great. That's Kristen's way of saying I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, I have nothing to add. I think yeah. that's great. I mean, the other thing I would say, Logan, is that... Uh, <laughs> uh, the one hard thing about vocation is sometimes we have to close doors. Mm -hmm. And that's the scariest thing I think it was for me when I was in college to say, well, 
you mean I can't also be a philosophy major? I have to, in order to be a Theo major, I have to close the philosophy door. Or in order to be an econ major, I can't be a GBUS major. And um, I don't have advice about that, about how to manage it. But a big challenge is like part of maturing into a vocation is when you want to let go of some options. Yeah, I think that's, I think that speaks to a struggle in my life too, like saying no. I like it, it's really hard to say no to things. You really want to say yes to every opportunity that you're given. Um, so I think that's really good advice on that. Um, Whatever your next question is, Logan, I'm not going to answer it. That's <laughs> well, actually, you're going to have to answer it because it's going to be the last <laughs> one. We're going to wrap it up. Um, how do you guys each feel called to continue your work uh, during this strange COVID time? And what is your call to CSBSJU students? It's such a really, it's such a joy to be part of this community. And I really say that sincerely. Um, I think that the best part of working at CSB SJU are the students and they give us energy every day and gratitude for our vocation. And I think that, you know, I think all of us have been thinking about the end of the pandemic a little bit, even though we know it, you know, it's not all the way over yet, you know? And I think about there's some really hard things that I've given up the same way that everybody's given up things and things I've seen my children kind of suffer or be depressed about. Um, but I also think that like in my 10 years of teaching, some of my most special moments have come from the pandemic. And they, to be honest, have come from students last March and April when everything was chaotic and students would come into Zoom and they would have done the readings and they would say interesting things and they would go to discussion groups and contribute when everybody could have just given up, you know? And students who came to the block A of fall semester and were like, you know, willing to like work it out, you know, I really have felt a very deep sense of obligation as a teacher to try to make it the best I could for students during this pandemic year, knowing that they've all given up a lot and knowing that, you know, um, there's some losses that, that, that can't be reclaimed. So I've tried. And to be honest, with almost out exception, every student has like met me back with like the equal energy. So when Sean and I came here several years ago, we could have stayed where we were. And we were drawn here because I thought St. John's and St. Ben's was a special community. And um, it's really true. It's really, it really is true in reality. And I think this COVID has brought out some of the best of us. So, so it's a time I think we've all grown in our vocations even more. Well, I think Kristen's really said it well. I really, I really agree with her almost, you know, entirely. Uh, vocation, like I said, is a day-to-day -day thing. And so vocation for us, I think this last year has been about how do I meet this moment, which has not always been fun. How do I reorganize a class into three-hour blocks every day to meet students who are a little bit tired at 2, 3, 30 in the afternoon? You know, how do I, whatever. How do I uh, make home life fun? Chris and I put a lot of puzzles together on the table this, <laughs> this year. But, you know, that's the beauty, I think, of when we discover that interior sense of who we are 
and we begin to match it up, then for the most part, these challenges can be met. And uh, just to echo lastly what Kristen said, Benny's and Johnny's have been very inspiring to me uh, in that regard. Uh, you guys have uh, helped me raise my game and become my, what I hope is a better teacher and a better researcher and scholar because of what you've done this last year. So thank you. I just would add, you know, and this kind of comes off your comment, Logan, about like liberal arts education. You know, when I think about the liberal arts, I think about the wholeness of truth and the wholeness of reality and the integration of our of the world and the ways of knowing and our experience and and I think that vocation is also about integration you know it's about wholeness it's about finding what do I do that that doesn't just develop one part of myself mm -hmm. but how do I become my best fullest self you know so for anybody who's at the end of this 20-ish minute video <laughs> on vocation, you know, I really think like, you know, opening yourself up to a lot of possibilities, think looking for the wholeness that St. John, St. Ben's experience has to offer, finding like, what is the thing that brings me joy and allows me to encounter all these things and find them meaningful in a way that they're interrelated to each other. And also to be patient with yourself and find out like, this thing isn't my vocation. I thought this was, but it's not. Or I never thought this was, and I think it's part of it. So uh, I'm really glad to have this chance to talk about vocation and thinking about it. I think that this year we've been through and the, the idea of vocation really come together. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with me today and your continued contributions to our community. Anything for you, Logan. Good to be with you, Logan. Thanks for all you're doing at Campus Ministry. Yeah. Yes. Thanks to everyone else for tuning into this episode of Theo on Tape. And be sure to stay connected with SJU Faith, especially through Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening. Peace be with all of you. Peace, everybody.